I tell people you can't be spirit led if you're not spirit fed. Mm. And the problem <laughs> a lot of folk is is that they're starving spiritually mm. and we're wondering why we're losing mm. spiritual battles because we're trying to fight them with natural means. Wow. And, it, and it won't work that way. We cannot win spiritual battles with natural means. There are right. some natural things to contend with, but mm -hmm. the battle begins in the spirit realm. Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. And, uh, but the reason why I invited Pastor Davis, he's the, the pastor of Living Faith Assembly in Tampa and an amazing man of God. And we just happened to have uh, lunch what was it now? Two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, and, about a week. Ago. Yeah. yeah, about two weeks ago. Was it a week or two ago, and we were having lunch, <clears throat> and uh, and it was interesting what God is doing in the spirit realm behind the physical realm as He started sharing His heart about what's happening in our country, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I've been saying, exactly what I've been preaching, it's so in tune with one another, and I thought, you know, I wish we could have recorded the conversation we had at lunch for everybody else to hear. Because there's an element inside the spiritual body of Christ where we get so distracted with our physical eyes that we can't see with our spiritual eyes of what God's doing. All we see is, all we see is Trump and all we see is this thing and that thing and racism and, and Black Lives Matter. And all we see are these things. Um, and we can't see behind the physical to see the spiritual. And us as believers need to be spiritual people because nobody else is going to be that for our nation. It's our responsibility, and we can't expect unbelievers to suddenly grow spiritual eyes. And so, so we started having this conversation, and I just thought it was, it was so good. I wanted to bring it to everybody else. And, uh, and Pastor David started sharing some of the messages that he shared with his church. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I wish I could bring you to my church. You know, come, come share all these messages with us, too, because they were so good. So, so, so Pastor Davis, let's just, let's just start, start there. So, uh, you know, from your vantage point, uh, what do you see and, and what have you been feeling like God's doing behind the scenes? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, uh, yeah. Pastor Brent. Just want everybody to know how much I love and appreciate you as a friend, uh, as an encourager, and just an all-around uh, leader's leader. Hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm grateful to be here tonight and, and humble uh, to, to be here to share just uh, a small nugget. Um, one of the things that uh, I see that's happening is in this hyper-complexity, is what I call it, and hypersensitivity in our country, mm -hmm. uh, there's some very real issues that are happening. Right. And I want to say this at the onset. Uh, in my discourse, I'm not trying to play down or negate people's emotions or feelings or uh, things that have actually happened in this country and things right. that are, are perhaps still happening that, we, that are kind of coming to the forefront that needs to be dealt with, no doubt. Uh, but um, we know as spiritual beings, as men and women of God, that, uh, that we have a very real enemy mm -hmm. who I believe is the architect behind a lot of the things that we're seeing. 
And my question is, as believers, mostly to the church at large, is uh, I think it's problematic when we refuse to see what the Bible encourages us to see and that there's a very sp- very real spiritual dynamic. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that as we go through yeah. uh, in this uh, conversation. Uh, th- there's some very real active uh, spiritual uh, beings at play, I right. believe, that's really uh, assisting and stirring up a lot of um, these flames that mm-hmm. we're seeing. People are very inflamed. And, but yeah. I think we're fighting the wrong enemy. Yeah, isn't it? Sometimes it's almost like there's the things always start in the spiritual realm, and the spiritual realm affects the physical realm a lot more than we want to recognize, especially as modern Americans living in what is really a post Christian society, whether we realize it or not. And so we have become so scientific that we dismiss right. anything spiritual. Uh, especially to the level of a lot of Christians like you and I, who would say that there's a very real spiritual element to things that manipulates the physical element. And in many ways, the spiritual element is probably more powerful than the physical element and it's controlling things. And, and if we're not careful, we became become a puppet on a string to a, to a spiritual uh, battle that's going on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we've been empowered, uh, you know, by Jesus himself mm-hmm. to uh, deal with, to push back, uh, to take authority over, you know, he's given us authority over, um, what scorpions, serpents, yeah. uh, which, you know, clearly speaks of, uh, spiritual principalities, demons. We understand the scripture in Ephesians chapter six, where it outlines, um, that our battle is not with flesh and blood, you know, in this three dimensional terra firma that we live in, mm-hmm. but our battle is with principalities, spiritual wickedness, in high places, and then it goes on to talk about the various rankings of these um, <clears throat> these uh, principalities and how they work. And so, I believe the more we understand what's happening in that realm and what's happening there, that uh, we take the fight where the battle really is, and mm-hmm. then the manifestations that we're seeing in the natural can, I believe, they will change. We change mm-hmm. it in the spirit realm; we'll see a change in the natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So, so talk to me for a second. You were sharing a little brief nugget from a message that you shared with your church uh, about Elisha. Uh, this was probably a month ago or something now at this point, but and uh, opening his servant's eyes to see the spiritual realm. Just, just share a little bit about that. Yeah, that was very interesting. That's found in Second uh, Kings chapter six, verses uh, seventeen through twenty, and the Bible says it brings us into this this setting or this scene where. Uh, here you have the prophet Elisha and his servant. And all of a sudden, they're surrounded by the enemy. I believe that's where the mm-hmm. song comes from. This is how I fight right. my battles. Right. They're surrounded by the physical, natural enemy that they can see. Mm-hmm. That's an apparent threat to them. And so Elisha, somehow, Elisha is able to see in the spirit realm and so verse 17 says, I just have it right here, so I can refer to it. Verse 17 says, and Elisha prayed. I'm going to unpack this. Mm-hmm. And Elisha prayed, underscore, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Bible says that then the Lord opened the eyes of the servant, and he looked, and he saw the hills that were full of horses and chariots of fire it was all around Elisha. Yeah. And his servant. And so there's a lot happening there. Mm-hmm. Firstly, there's a very real enemy. 
that they can both see in the natural that's in opposition to them, that's bringing some pushback against them, that's a distraction mm -hmm. or a hindrance to them as they're on their uh, route. Mm -hmm. And so naturally, his servant is obviously stunned or affected deeply by what he sees with his right. natural eyes, what he's seeing in the natural. Which is natural. The, exactly. So he's yeah, it's, what, it's where most people are right now, right? Exactly. Yeah. We, we, we look more to our super nature than we do to our supernatural. And so then that, that nature, I'm sorry, our sinful nature, as opposed to the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing things through our sinful nature, the flesh, then our sight is limited. When we see things through the supernatural, the spirit, that our sight is unlimited. So with that being said, um, here you have this prophet who is able to see. Notice something Elisha didn't say. Notice he did not say, Lord, open our eyes hmm. so that we can see what you're doing. So apparently, uh, Elisha's eyes was, were, were already opened. Hmm. And before I get into that, I just went back. Uh, God just gave me a deeper revelation. The first thing he did was to pray. It says, and Elisha hmm. prayed. Hmm. And so we see in, this, in the context of this text that prayer is the precursor or the catalyst that even allows us to have our eyes open. Mm -hmm. So we pray, we're praying mm -hmm. to someone, right. and that someone is God. And so he recognized that he needed something beyond what he had. So he prayed, he being Elisha, prayed for God to do something in his servant. Now, God was already doing something in Elisha. Notice he didn't ask God to open our eyes. So that means Elisha was already seeing the victory. Right. He could already see that there were more with them than there were against them. He could see mm -hmm. the, the chariots of fire, the angels uh, that were surrounding them, these warring angels. And guess what? These angels still exist today. That mm -hmm. same army that Elijah prayed that God would reveal still exists today, and they're ready to fight on behalf of the church. Guess what? When we pray and mm -hmm. we ask, mm -hmm. then, we can, then the battle can ensue. Yeah. And God began to show me something even further, is not only did he pray, thus being the catalyst for having the eyes open, and not only was Elisha's eyes already open, because he didn't say, Lord, open our eyes. Right. And I began to ask, why was his eyes already open? Hmm. You see, there are some people, there are some folk who, who stay in the spirit realm. Hmm. There are some folk who operate from the kingdom principles. They operate from the place of the spirit, because we recognize that we are spirit. Mm -hmm. We live in a body. Mm -hmm. We possess a soul. We are trichotomy. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, we're having to deal with things in this earth realm, this terra firma, as I mentioned earlier, this earth realm. And so because of that, we, we, we interact and do these things here. But the real issues, the real um, uh, matters of life happen actually in the spirit realm. And so Elisha was obviously one who stayed in the spirit. So he was able to constantly see what was happening. He was led by the flesh. I tell people, you can't be spirit-led if you're not spirit-fed. Mm. And the problem <laughs> with a lot of folk is, is that they're starving spiritually. Mm. And we're wondering why we're losing mm. spiritual battles because we're trying to fight them with natural means. Wow. And, it, and it won't work that way. We cannot win spiritual battles with natural means. There are right. some natural things to contend with, mm -hmm. but the battle begins in the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. The other thing I saw 
in that in the context of this message was um, or this particular pericope was that this servant God showed me there's some folk that could be right next to you and not see what you see mm -hmm. they can sit on your same row mm -hmm. they can be on your board mm -hmm. they could be in your household mm -hmm. yeah. and not see what you're seeing and they're trying to fight this thing or they're fearful of a thing that they see with their natural eyes. And so what that says to me in, in some cases, if not many, is that you have carnal and cultural Christians who choose to operate in the natural or in the carnal realm. And then God only becomes a 911 experience. You know, we only pull him in when we have an emergency. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we just call him in when there's a problem. But instead of living in the spirit realm, operating from a kingdom, uh, the kingdom principle, excuse me, of um, walking by faith, that's a spiritual thing. Scripture says that the just shall live by faith. And uh, Corinthians tells us we uh, not only walk, we don't walk by sight, but we walk by right. faith. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so um, you just trying to, throw some quick nuggets in there, but keep in mind there can be folk with you who don't see what you see. They're standing mm -hmm. right next to you. Mm -hmm. and they're not in the same place. But thank, thanks be to God for grace. Yeah, Elisha was a leader. He understood that um, his servant just was not getting it. And then he prayed that God would open his servant's eyes. So those yeah. are just some key nuggets out of uh, that message that that I shared. Well, well, I love that. And, you know, we, we started out sharing quickly about the very fact that Christians, we're the culture, we're the, we're the conscience of society. And if we're not careful, we end up not seeing the spiritual realm. And if we can't see it, nobody can see it. And if we can't see it, we can't fight it. We can't fight right. in it. We can't mm -hmm. fight for it. And uh, thinking about that, I, you know, we were just talking uh, today about a series that we're doing uh, in a few in a few weeks it'll start, but this is way on in the series, and we're going to kind of walk through the book of Revelation a little bit at a rise, and looking at Revelation four, and it was interesting in Revelation four how John is getting this revelation from Jesus Christ, and Jesus says to him, "Hey, come up here," and it's almost as if he transitions him from where he is into this heavenly realm and begins to show him what heaven looks like, and that's in John four and or I'm sorry, Revelation four and five where you start seeing all the worship of heaven and all the beauty of heaven and, and you know, the, the, the constant refrains of, of, of worship that goes on. And, and it's almost like, it's almost like Jesus is saying, John, I see you are in persecution. You're on this Isle of Patmos. You're in this physical world. Let me show you behind the scenes. Let me pull back the curtain. And I think Christians have to learn to uh, live with, with one foot in the spiritual realm and one foot in the physical. And, and if I'm understanding you correctly, cause we, we definitely need to make this point that you're not saying that you only pray and you don't do anything. You're just simply saying that you pray first. You seek God's heart for how to respond because this is ultimately a spiritual battle, not just a physical thing. Is that correct? Absolutely. And scripture yeah. bears that out in several places. One in particular in Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I know the context of that scripture, you know, when I say kingdom, I'm talking about the kingdom where there's a king who has a domain and we operate yeah. in that domain. Yeah. And in the domain of the king, uh, there are legalities. You mm -hmm. know, you don't have a kingdom or a kingship without precepts and decrees and legalities. And so, and then the constitution of the kingdom is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so there's a deep-rooted legal spiritual uh, precedence that's right. happening that if we don't understand it clearly, we're going to often 
uh, and be defeated. And so, and I said this before, you know, you have people, and I've heard this said, before, you know, on media, I've heard this said on social media and, and other places where you have some people that are so enamored by what's happening around them and they're so uh, uh, tense and, 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 and they say, well, you know, prayer is not enough. And, and, it, and it always bugs me when I hear that. Mm-hmm. And I contend that when people say that prayer is not enough, it's usually people that don't pray enough <laughs> that make that statement. That's good. And so when you understand the power of prayer, right? okay, the effective and fervent, the fervent and effective prayers, rather, mm-hmm. the righteous availeth much. Mm-hmm. And so we understand the power of prayer because things don't happen instantaneous we're not getting some type of instant gratification somehow we want to discount god or discount the effects of prayer but if i believe the church came together right now and we were to take the next 90 days i'm just throwing this out hypothetically Mm -hmm. and we just began to pray and push back against the spirit of darkness Mm -hmm. and in specific areas that's 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 happening that I believe we will see some miraculous changes. And and I truly believe that this will be the baseline for the next great move of God. Yeah. I really believe that we have all of the ingredients right now um, before the imminent return of Christ for a major, massive revival. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the types of revivals in the past. I'm not talking about a big tent and, and some Poor worship music. No, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about a move of God that will literally sweep this country, penetrate the world, and we will see mass salvations mm-hmm. uh, from people that uh, we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And so, and and that will happen through prayer. Prayer has been the catalyst yeah. of every great move, as you know, of God, yeah. be it revivals or uh, uh, meetings, we call camp meetings or whatever. And, and we've gotten so far away from it because we have already decided what the outcome should be. So mm-hmm. why should we pray if we've already decided how God should move? So if mm-hmm. God does not move the way we dictate, <laughs> then the effect of prayer is, is um, <clears throat> ineffective. And I think right. that's wrong and very, very problematic. Mm-hmm. And that's our, that's our history, even in the United States of America, is that during hard times, how often did we have presidents who called the nation to prayer? And he would call, you know, a day of prayer and fasting across the nation or multiple days, uh, you know, back in the Civil War and before. And that was a part of our culture that we've walked away from. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've, if you've even seen this before. I've used this in our church and, and you can steal it and use it in yours. But and I think it's in South America that there's what they call the four-eyed fish. And they call it that because the fish can actually, the way its eyes work, it can actually uh, stay right on the water level. It can actually see above the surface and below the surface at the exact same moment. And I think as Christians, that's the way we're actually called to live, that we can see the spiritual realm, sense the spiritual realm, recognize God's voice, what he's doing at the same time that we can see the physical realm and, and, you know, be able to operate inside of both of those. Uh, Because you don't want to be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But right. far more frequent is that we're so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. And right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so we got to be balanced and counterbalanced. But yes, right. Right. And, and we're watching this atmosphere of fear across America. And I just want to, in, in the spiritual world, I believe this. I don't, we didn't talk about this, but I'd love to get your response to it. 
Uh, I'm, I personally am a believer that uh, inside the spiritual world, um, fear is to the enemy. Fear is to the devil. What worship atmosphere is to Christians and to God. Uh, mm-hmm. Worship invites the presence of God into our midst. You hear God's voice stronger. It's more powerful. Fear, particularly like horror movies and stuff like that, which I'm not like, this is not about preaching against those things. But that spirit of fear is the spirit in which the devil operates so often. And, uh, and that's what we're seeing across America right now. And we're seeing the spirit of fear, pandemic, you know, racial tensions, injustices, all these things going on, financial fears, election fears, all of these things that are going on right now. And if we walk in fear, we are literally walking in the territory of the enemy. We're walking in the place for him to come in and, and destroy us. And, uh, and we as Christians have to learn how to walk in faith, not fear. And, uh, mm-hmm. and walk in that attitude of worship. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Amen. Well, I believe that fear to the demonic is faith. Mm. Fear the is faith it's the counterfeit. in the demonic realm. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and, it's, and it usually tries to use an opposite or something antithetical to God. And so fear is the fuel that the enemy uses mm. uh, to um, cast aspersions and to um, divide and, you know, create havoc among people and groups and nations, churches, uh, et cetera, even families. And a lot of that, you know, uh, it, it stems from that spirit of fear. Notice the word says that God has not given us a spirit. I think it's in First right. Timothy. Yeah, First Timothy. A second. spirit of fear. And so we see this fear is a spirit. And so, and it, and it operates. And when it's in operation, it nullifies faith. And we know in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. And so, uh, and it's just a counter. And when we begin to act out of fear, um, you know, we're, we're unable or incapable of uh, invoking the spirit realm or God's spirit, I should say, uh, heavenly angels, warring angels, because we're operating in the faith of the demonic, which is fear. So mm-hmm. fear is the, de- is the demonic's faith. Mm. And so we got to focus on trusting in the Lord, having faith in God, believing that he is, according to Hebrews 11, uh, 6, he that cometh unto God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward to those who diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so faith is is, is important, and uh, more importantly, uh, we must walk by faith so that we can nullify the spirit of fear, because mm-hmm. fear cripples, right? It it, it 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 stifles. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's interesting to me. So it's been it's been said this way that the the church popular uh, is the church polluted, and when the church is polluted, the church is puny. And then the vice of that, the opposite of that, is that when the church is pure, uh, or when the church is is persecuted, the church is pure, and when the church is pure, the church is powerful. I think we are in a place right now where the church is at the beginning stages of the divide that I've heard prophesied forever. In fact, uh, 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 Ron Dixon was just on here a second ago. Hey, Pastor Ron, if you're still on. But from my start in ministry 22 years ago, I've heard so many prophets, so many evangelists come through town, especially years ago, and they would say, there's a divide coming to the church. There's a divide coming to the church, divide coming to the church. I believe that right now we're at the beginning of that place of the divide where it's really starting to see, uh, and it's really divided over those who can recognize God's voice and those who can't. His sheep hear my voice, John 10. 
who can hear God's voice, who can see into the spirit realm right now, and who is going to be swept away by this culture of fear and the things that are going on uh, within that. And within that divide, as it divides, I think you end up with a pure version of the church where the power of God comes back in our midst in an even more powerful and, and, and incredible way. And, uh, and I know I'm watching myself in my own preaching style change right now as the church, I believe, is being divided and preparing people for coming persecution uh, that I believe is coming uh, in America before, radic- before it's really long. I, I, don't, I don't think this is 10 years down the road anymore. I think it's much uh, closer because of some things that we may get into in a second. Um, but as that divide happens, I think it affects the entire church. Things start looking differently. We preach differently. And I loved how you were saying, like, because like, you're, a, you're a Bible teacher. You're, you're going to go back into Greek and Hebrew and pull out all these nuggets and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was almost like during this season, it was like, all right, God, what are you saying right now? And it's this fresh, direct word for your church. And so, so what do you see happening in the church right now as, as the future unfolds? It was interesting, and uh, I hope I'm quoting the right person. I believe it was Billy Graham that once said, it used to be a time when people were afraid of offending God, Hmm. but now we're living in a time where we're afraid of offending people. And um, and unfortunately, a lot of churches have become become nothing more than hell's waiting room. Hmm. Um, So, you know, we, we have a situation where um, you know, the divide, people are divided on, um, you know, physical and natural means. Uh, we're divided philosophically, we're divided politically, we're divided ethnically. Mass, no uh, mass. We're divided, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, even even down to uh, everything, you know, medically, yeah. um, physiologically, and, and there's just a plethora of things that divide us. Think about it. Now, again, uh, Satan's key strategy, when you understand kingdom principles and you operate in the spirit realm, you recognize that one of Satan's key vices is division, mm-hmm. to stoke division from the very beginning. You know, he wanted to separate man from God. And if he could separate man from God, he wanted to separate mankind from each other with Adam and Eve. So he's a divider, divide and conquer. And so if he can divide us into groups and factions, uh, and, 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 and even within the churches, you know, we have black churches, white churches, mm-hmm. Hispanic. I mean, it's like the Baskin Robin of churches. And so <laughs> everybody's got all these different mixtures and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we serve a God who loves diversity. Mm-hmm. In fact, heaven will be filled with diversity. John right. said that he saw, mm-hmm. uh, people from every tribe, tongue and language worshiping God. God has always intended to have, uh, multiracial children. You know, that's the God we serve, and that's his kingdom. Mm-hmm. God loves diversity. And so what's happening is the enemy is coming in to divide. And uh, and that division is very subtle. And uh, sometimes if you're not saying a certain thing, if you're not speaking through what I call groupthink, if you're not, you know, certain groups, uh, and that's a specific mindset. That's a very, very radical mindset that's being perpetrated and taught group think to think like that. And, um, and these echo chambers where, mm-hmm. you know, you say mm-hmm. what someone else has said, there's no research, there's no, uh, study. There's no one goes and look beyond the subcutaneous level mm-hmm. of what's actually happening. We're just always at the surface. We just deal with things of the dermis mm-hmm. and we never go beneath to see what's actually happening and what's being said. 
And, uh, and in many cases, you know, we're getting uh, spurious information from government, from the 24-hour news cycle, from social media, you know, everything right now. Everybody is a journalist. Everybody is a social justice warrior. Everybody has a cause to fight. Everybody wants their agendas pushed. <laughs> right. And there's so much confusion, which is, I believe, the very substratum of what the enemy desires to use to destroy not only the church, but the world. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and people aren't able to see that when you're trying to fight these things in the natural. When we're trying to fight these battles in the natural. So again, when I go back to the spirit part of this, the spirit realm, and to pray, to intercede, it doesn't mean you don't go out and do anything. You know, um, mm-hmm. it does not mean you don't have discussions right. because there are people. Let me say this: I'm not yeah. saying everything is the devil, but let's just blame it on the <laughs> right. devil. Racism yeah, is the yeah, devil. Yeah, yeah. No, there are some racist people. Mm-hmm. There are some evil people. Amen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's some people who, um, whatever their platforms are, it's just not in, in, in lockstep with God's agenda. And so um, because of that, because of that, you know, we have to really be mindful of what, firstly, what our battle is, and secondly, where the battle is. And thirdly, we have to choose our battles. We mm. cannot get caught up mm. into every battle mm. that's happening on the surface. You get pulled here and there. People expect you to say something that feeds their talking points, or mm. if you didn't say this, for example, like I'm here right now. You know, I'm a black pastor. It's evident that I'm black. I, I, I don't get to change that, and nor do I want to. Yeah. And um, so as a black pastor, I should be saying certain things. Mm-hmm. I should have a certain perspective on what's happening around us, in our, you know, from a geopolitical perspective, from a national perspective, from a religious, theological perspective. So I should be operating out of a certain prism because of that. Well, that's not true. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, and nor should that be for anybody. You know, I'm a free thinker. Mm-hmm. And, and fortunately, I, I actually think. And so, <laughs> um, but the thing is, is, you know, with all these divisions being stoked, that's the enemy's key strategy. And the only way you're going to really know and understand how to deal with that and defeat that, it comes, you know, uh, the playbook comes from the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. It's just like if, you know, you're on a football field. I'll be brief, brief with this. You're on a football field. The coach gives you the plays, right? And you go out there and you huddle. And while you're in huddle, you have the play, mm-hmm. okay? To me, that's like prayer. Everybody in the stands don't, don't get to see what's going on with the playbook. Right. The opposition don't get to see what's going on with the playbook. Mm-hmm. So while you're in huddle, you're discussing the game plan that was given to you by the coach. Mm. But Jesus is the coach. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit expects us to carry these things out, carry out the game mm. plan that was given That's to good. us. Yeah. And so we have to maintain. Uh, and, and the thing is, I think too often we, we're coming on the field and we're not huddling. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to push back the enemy mm-hmm. without a strategy, mm-hmm. without leadership. Yeah. And so in many cases we're losing uh, battles, which would ultimately cause us to lose the war if we're not careful. All right. Well, as I said, we're we're about nine, close to ten minutes over time now. I don't want to keep you all night, but I do want to thank you so much for your time tonight. You're such a blessing. Somebody, some, uh, I think it was Dennis Wickersham, at one point said, I forget how it's worded. I'd have to go back and find the comment, but said, "This man speaks with such wisdom." I love that. It's Amen. so true. I'm honored Amen. to be able to call Amen. you a friend. 
Pastor Gene, um, every time I'm with you, I become better for being with you. And uh, we need to spend more time together. And then we, Amen. And likewise. Last, last time likewise. We, we said we got to go on a double date because you guys haven't been to the shrimp boat yet. Your life, life yeah. loves shrimp. So <laughs> I was telling her about it, man. She's excited. And I told her I wish it was my idea, but Brett always have better ideas. <laughs> and I learned, I learned so much from you. You're, you're, you're a true treasure in my life personally. Yeah. And I just want to say publicly, thank you. Uh, for just being a blessing to me, man. I, I'm telling you, yeah, I'm I'm a little older than Brent. You know, I, you can tell with some of the gray. This is just died, man. This is died. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to die this too, but uh, I got to get my wife's permission before I do that. But um, but yes, you and your wife and your ministry arise. Yeah. Uh, church is just a blessing and a treasure to what God is doing here, uh, not just in the state of Florida, but what you do literally around the world. Man, I'm so impressed, and uh, and continue doing it. Continue being the leader uh, that God has called you to be, and the blessing to your family, your wife, and to your ministry. It, it really makes a difference. You guys have blessed us, and we are uh, indelibly grateful yeah. uh, for all that you've done. Well, thank you so much for for being with us. All you guys who have been online now, if you've enjoyed it, do me a favor and share this. Help help some other people see it too. Let's let's teach people to look at the spiritual realm, not just the physical realm, and have mm-hmm. have one eye that sees above the surface and one eye that sees below the surface, and I'll be able to walk in the spirit and walk in the in, in the physical world at the exact same moment. So share it. Let's let's pass the word around. And uh, and I love everything about Pastor Gene except the fact he's wearing a Atlanta Falcon jersey right now. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> As a man in Tampa who's a Bucks fan, come on, how are you wearing a Amen. Yes, how are you wearing yes, a Atlanta Falcons jersey? Anyway. Yes, I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.